Wokeism makes you lose, ruins your mind, and ruins you as a person. You become warped. You become demented. <laughs> Absolutely demented, dumb, distracted. We don't have the capacity to be woke and get the stuff done that we need to get done. We only have so much time in the day. You know the building that came down in Davenport, Iowa? I believe you can make the case that wokeism had a big role in this. So Sunday, it comes crumbling down. You've seen the building on the news, right? A big chunk of it. Now, a couple of things here. City officials were warned ahead of time that this building could come down imminently. And once it did come down, they looked for survivors, but not very hard. And basically, they wanted to call it a day less than a day later. Here's the mayor saying the very next day, Monday, that we're calling it quits as far as a search. The mayor says crews spent hours searching the wreckage overnight and have now stopped looking for survivors. Rescue is over. And now it's about recovery. Recovery and what are we doing with the building? And as of now, there's no one under there that you know about? That we know about. How concerned are you that that may change? There's always a concern. But we, uh, we're not rescuing anybody anymore. We're just going to knock the building over. What? I'm not an architect. I'm also not a search and rescue specialist. But I have seen on the news when they find people days, even weeks, after a building collapses, like, say, in an earthquake. Has this guy, the mayor, ever seen the news? More than a week after the deadly quake, there are still near-miraculous reports of new survivors' rescue. To the heroic rescues, 10 days after a devastating earthquake leveled parts of Turkey and Syria. Just today, a team pulled five members from a single family who were trapped for 129 hours. That's more than five days. Yeah. <laughs> you don't call it quits the next day. The mayor, his name is Mike Mastin, uh, he's a Democrat. He says he has some regrets, but he seemed pretty damn confident with his weak, let's give up plan, didn't he? And as of now, there's no one under there that you know about. That we know about. That we know about. There could be, but uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So here's the problem. I think local city officials, national officials, city officials, county officials, they all have to do this woke stuff. Uh, in the city of Davenport, they have a talent and inclusion administrator, whatever that means, a job that did not exist just a couple of years ago. Uh, I looked it up. The Black Lives Matter nonsense in 2020 and George Floyd's death. All right. There they are in Davenport, Iowa, uh, having a moment. Everybody taking a knee, including, yeah, the mayor. Uh, Mike Mastin. Uh, yeah. All right. Great. You did some virtue signaling and you got a great website and I'm sure you got some pride stuff going on. But what about doing the things that you're supposed to do in government, the streets, the buildings, this sexuality and gender stuff? It is a total distraction. And we're going to see more of this. We had another building came down in Connecticut today. Um, I think there's a connection. I really do. Uh, that building, people inside and they blew it off. Those people, their families, they were so ill-served, not served at all. Antoine Rabbit-Smith Sr. says they still can't reach his aunt, who he says lived in the building. I just want some kind of information, like tell me something, anything. Like if you have found her and she's in a morgue somewhere, tell me something. Instead of just sitting here playing the waiting game. 
Do you feel the city is making every effort to find your dad? No, I don't think they're making any efforts at all. Like, I don't feel they've done anything to try to find him. There's still people out here and their loved ones are missing. It's amazing. Government is so intent on changing society and making government bigger instead of serving citizens what they're supposed to do. These people will let down. I think wokeism is a big part of it, and we've got to dial it back right away. All right, now this. And it's clear we're all on a much more fiscally responsible course than the one I inherited when I took office four years ago. As Joe Biden just earlier this evening talking about the budget ceiling negotiations four years ago. Actually, it's two and a half years ago. Joe Biden is completely lost. We all know it physically, mentally, yet somehow he's running for re-election. There are no, basically no uh, substantial Democrats running, opposing him. I mean, where are the ambitious Democrats? Apparently, party discipline is so strong that everybody got the message. You don't run against Joe Biden. Why not? Where are the Democrats? The, it's happened before. Take a look at these numbers, please. Uh, how many people? 53% of Americans believe Joe Biden is corrupt. All right, the new uh, Harvard-Harris poll. Next, please. Uh, what, 62% of Americans believe Biden is unfit for office. And we have this, 58% of Democrats want a candidate other than Joe Biden. Yet the Democrat Party pretends that this is all normal. They're just going to run him for re-election. If they are, that tells me that maybe this thing is rigged. Do they control the institutions of government, of culture, of society so much that they think they can get this mummy to the finish line? I have a premonition, and I got one once before. In 2020, Donald Trump is out there campaigning like the country's life depended on it, right? Because it did. Every day out there, multiple rallies. Meanwhile, Joe Biden in the basement. In some days, you didn't even see him. In September and October, days went by where you didn't see Joe Biden, not even in the basement. And I thought to myself, like, what's going on here? Do they know something? What? And they did, I think. I think that when Joe said this, it was a gaffe in the classic sense. When you say the truth, when you're not supposed to say the truth. Check this out. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. That's a week before Election Day in 2020. You heard it. Most extensive voter fraud operation in the history of American politics. Uh, that would explain a lot, wouldn't it? It really would. I think I believe Joe Biden there, don't you? I mean, take a look at it. Look at the optics, number one, the optics. They love to talk about the optics in the swamp, right? You know, we all saw it, the rallies, the, uh, the intensity uh, for President Trump and Joe Biden just kind of walking in the wilderness there. But somehow, let's see, 74 million votes for Donald Trump, which is more votes than any sitting U.S. president running for re-election in history. Yet, a couple of days later... They did the numbers, 81 million votes for the guy who uh, was in hiding. Okay, okay. Anyway, uh, where are we now? We have a president who is completely, well, there he is. It's, uh, it's bad. And, you know, let's face it, it wasn't just that fall. There have been numerous issues with this guy. 
It's interesting. One of the institutions that the Democrats seem to have complete control over is the mainstream media. I think that's why they think this, they can get this guy over the finish line. Now, last night on the nightly network news shows, they covered it for a few seconds, but they can say now they covered it. But it was interesting. None of them talked about all the other falls, the bike fall, the Air Force One fall, the fall just last month in Japan. It's a big deal when an 80-year-old man falls down. And listen to how one network <laughs> tried to spin this, spun this for the Biden administration. This is what a paid spokesperson says, not a reporter. Almost every recent president has taken a tumble in public at some point. One of the downsides, Nora, of being followed by cameras everywhere they go. Nancy Cordes, thank you. Oh, all presidents take a tumble. It's just those pesky cameras. What are they talking about? How dare they? They call themselves truth tellers. They are lying to us. There are sins of omission to not include all of these problems that they talk about. They know it. They just don't share it with the public because they want to create this illusion. Look, we can't let them get away with this. We've got to talk about the truth. Why aren't Democrats, substantial Democrats, stepping forward and saying, I'm going to take on Joe Biden? Gavin Newsom, uh, look, I don't want him to be president, but he's got a lot of ambition uh, from a big state. He's not doing anything. Amy Klobuchar, not doing anything. Uh, she ran for president in 2016. So did Cory Booker. All on the sidelines. Boy, oh boy, these are real. I guess they're really loyal to the party. There are two declared candidates, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, Marianne Williamson. They're not even going to um, have a debate with these people. It, uh, look, they're interesting. They're intriguing. I don't support them either. But these are not... These are not serious candidates in the traditional sense. Neither one holds office. And historically speaking, when you got a president as bad as Joe Biden or Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, I don't know what your thoughts are. He's before my time, but he was suffering big time in 1967, 1968, so much so that major league Democrats were stepping forward to run against him, an unpopular incumbent president, Eugene McCarthy. Senator from, where was he from, Minnesota, someplace like that? Robert F. Kennedy Sr. Uh, these guys were running and running hard, and LBJ said, I quit. I shall not seek, and I will not accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president. His presidency was considered just so grievously wounded that... How could he? He was going to lose if he continued to run. So how could he? He had to he had to quit because the Lyndon Johnson administration was considered a failure because of Vietnam and a lot of other things. Look at this poll. Lyndon Johnson in 1968, 36 percent. He had no future in American presidential politics. He had to quit. Take a look at where we are today. And the incumbent president, same exact number. And he's got a big smile on his face and talking about how optimistic he is and everything's fine and falling down and it's not seriously reported. And we don't have a real country anymore. We don't have a collective. We don't have collective values anymore where this can happen. Jimmy Carter, he was a terrible president, right? We all remember that. Uh, Ted Kennedy said, I'm a Democrat. I'm going to oppose the Democrat president. He's that bad. Now, Ted Kennedy had his own problems, of course, uh, and that didn't work out for either of them. Um, but take a look at this poll. 39% approval for Jimmy Carter in 1980. And our man, Joe Biden, even less 
popular, and that invited a Kennedy, Senator Ted Kennedy, to run against him. Is it rigged? Is it rigged that Joe Biden thinks he can pull this off with a big smile on his face? What is happening? Are you suspicious? I am. I'll be right back. This is the U.S. Constitution and Declaration of Independence in book form. Look at how thin that book is, huh? I've seen these smaller. You can put it in your pocket. It's 67 pages. A great document. The best, really. A beautiful system in theory. Look at what, uh, how they perverted it. I mean, the regulations, the bureaucracy, everything has exploded. Government is out of control and Let's face it, they're serving themselves. The government serving the elites. They don't seem to be particularly interested in helping the people. If they were, these horror shows that we are seeing on social media would be an absolute national priority. But this is now just the backdrop, the new, okay, it's happening. Fentanyl, addicts everywhere. This is Philadelphia. At first, I thought it was some sort of horror movie, like that Walking Dead show or something like that. No, this is America. It's happening. If you were Joe Biden, wouldn't you possibly say, or if you were president, forget Joe Biden, if you were president, wouldn't you do something about this? Wouldn't you say something about this? Los Angeles, the same thing. In cities across America. I mean, we've never seen anything like this, and it's happening, and our government seems totally cool with it. If they weren't, you think the border would be wide open? Hmm? That is where the fentanyl is coming through. Um, absolutely. And it's happening. This beautiful document. And somehow it's, this is happening. It's wrong. And we all know it is. Something evil is afoot. All right, now this. Here's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about how full I am with emotion, not just for George Floyd, but the many African-Americans that have suffered the same fate as George Floyd. I'm thinking about protests in my country, tis in the sweet land of liberty, the equality expressed in our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution that I've sworn my adult life to support and defend. I'm thinking about a history of, of racial issues and my own experiences that didn't always sing of liberty and equality. I'm thinking the generals wrapped way too tight. That's General Charles Q. Brown, who will be chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff pretty soon. He's already been nominated. I'm also thinking, we talked about this guy the other night, you don't have to say everything you're thinking. He seems to resent America. I know he resented Donald Trump. That bizarre ceremony when he was made the, the, the chief of staff for the Air Force and would not even acknowledge President Trump, thank him in any meaningful way. It was totally bizarre. Donald Trump knew exactly what was going down. Um, look, the military has been encouraged to blow off civilian leadership. They were at least when Donald Trump was president. And Mark Milley and this guy, you know, they kind of had this thing going, making wildly political statements about domestic affairs. They did it, I believe, they were in collusion. They did it together. And I think they had fun blowing off and making mischief uh, for President Trump. Maybe they liked the feeling. Look, uh, you know that the president fell down at the Air Force Academy, right? I mean, that was uh, pretty bad. Did you know that his, well, future chief military advisor was right there taking it all in and not doing a damn thing about it?
I'm sorry, but there's something weird here. That's General Brown just watching the commander-in-chief go down. Uh, I would be on my feet. I would. But you heard how much he resents uh, people who don't look like him. What's going on there, huh? I'm sorry. This was a major, major mistake putting that guy in charge. All right. Now this. Everything is in context. My mother used to, she would give us a hard time sometimes and she would say to us, I don't know what's wrong with you young people. You think you just fell out of a coconut tree? <laughs> you exist in the context of all in which you live and what came before you. Wow. All right, that's a couple of weeks old. Look, any normal administration, any normal president would be figuring out a way to get rid of this individual. Uh, but that's not happening. It looks like they're trying to increase her visibility. She will definitely be running with Joe Biden. It's weird. And of course, well, if it what I keep hearing, he can't get rid of a black woman. It just can't do it politically. I don't see the world that way. Uh, as a vice president, nobody takes her seriously. You got a problem on your hands. Uh, look, presidents have grown sick of their vice presidents before. Uh, Bush and Quayle, Bush won. Dan Quayle, uh, look, Dan Quayle was a lot better than people thought. But Bush, in his own memoirs, he talked about, hey, maybe I should get rid of this guy. And when he picked him, he wrote this in, my, in his diary. It was my decision, and I blew it. But I'm not going to say that I blew it. And there was a lot of pressure uh, to jettison Dan Quayle. This happens in history. Uh, Eisenhower and Nixon. Boy, Eisenhower was not nice to Richard Nixon and openly thought about getting rid of him. Talked about it all the time. And when reporters asked him about Nixon, you know, is he a good guy or not? He would basically say, eh, not really. I just wondered if you could give us an example of a major idea of his that you had adopted in that role as the, as the decider and, uh, and final... Uh if you give me a week, I might think of one. I don't remember. Because... <laughs> Making jokes about Richard Nixon. Can't think of one thing he's done since I've been president. Thanks a lot, uh, Ike. Uh, anyway, there's tension between presidents and vice presidents. It happens, and sometimes they think about getting rid of them. Hey, Spiro Agnew was on Richard Nixon ticket the first time and the second time, and then uh, he got busted for taking bribes and was removed from office. No kidding. So... Kamala Harris, obviously, there's a big issue here. And I keep hearing that, well, if an individual behaved like this, who happened to be a white man, end of story. Actually, an individual, a white man, probably wouldn't have been picked, especially in the Democrat Party. This person cannot be president. And if Joe Biden were a patriot and really cared, he'd be looking into getting rid of her, right? I'll be right back. Did you know that over the last 10 years, the inflation rate has risen 300%? That's right, 300%. It's now on a 40-year high. When inflation is out of control, it's gold that comes to the rescue. Gold also protects you against rising interest rates, the devaluation of the dollar, and a recession. Protect your savings and insure yourself against a volatile market with the only asset that rises when the economy falters, gold. Gold is so popular, central banks are stockpiling it at the fastest pace ever recorded in history. Just ask my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold, the one universal currency that always retains its value. Allegiance Gold possesses the highest ratings in the industry, five stars with Trustlink. 
a AAA rating with the Business Consumer Alliance, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. For added peace of mind, you can even opt to have your gold delivered securely right to your door. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithgoldnow.com or give them a call, 844-790-9191, 844-790-9191. Ensure your future financial stability with a company that consumers trust, Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithgoldnow.com or 844-790-9191. All right, you've heard of Truth Social, the media platform, social media platform. Uh, Trump loves it. President Trump loves it. He does it all the time. He can go back on Twitter, but he's not doing it, at least not yet. Twitter has gone way downhill, kind of coming back. Uh, but for him, for the time being, it's all about truth social. I'll use truth. Truth social. I think it's far superior, okay? I hope everybody's like It's hot. It's much better than Twitter, by the way. Truth social, it's great. It's doing fantastically. It's better than Twitter. It's better than all of them. Well, I encourage uh, everybody to get on Truth Social. If you want to know more about this show, President Trump watches this show and he's always truthing us. He's always posting stuff about this show, a must watch. This is a classic. Uh, me going off on Nikki Haley or going off on whatever. Oh, thank you, Greg and Byron. Byron Donalds, I did this whole takedown. And uh, anyway, it's kind of cool. You can follow Donald Trump on Truth Social and you can follow this show at the same time. We appreciate it very much, President Trump. All right, now it's on to Ron DeSantis. Uh, his wife, Casey, everybody likes her. Me too, oh, by the way. Uh, listen to this. Everyone knows my husband, Ron DeSantis. Everyone knows my husband, Ron DeSantis. Now, this has become a thing. How do you say the name DeSantis? Apparently, some people like her say DeSantis, and well, Ron says it, Governor Ron DeSantis says it differently. I am Ron DeSantis. I'm Ron DeSantis. I am Ron DeSantis. All right, so this has been noticed, and you know, she says, and then sometimes he says DeSantis. And anyway, uh, somebody asked, well, what's the answer? How do we do this, uh, Governor? I've got a long last name, a European name, Steinhauser. There's been some confusion over your last name and the pronunciation, and I'm just wondering, to correct the record, what is it? Oh, this is ridiculous, these stupid things. Listen, the way to pronounce my last name, winner. All right, that's a little smug and a little bit uh, aggressive. Ridiculous and stupid. The guy's trying to be nice. Is it DeSantis or DeSantis? Uh, you know, Buttigieg, for all of his faults, I mean, he's got a complicated name. And if you ask him how to pronounce it, he'll tell you right away. I mean, that was like a thing. He was like, yeah, it's boot, edge, edge. Uh, anyway, I wish we never met that guy. <laughs> uh, here's Casey DeSantis being asked the same question about the pronunciation. And she's so charming and nice about it, kind of like a politician should be, right? For years, I have said your last name a certain way, and I want you to pronounce your last name for me. DeSantis. Where did DeSantis come from? Did you see that commercial? Where did that come from? No, I didn't see the commercial. And you know what? I heard that there was an article. And actually, you know who it was? His former governor, Jeb Bush, said, how do you pronounce DeSantis? He asked me about that. And I said, DeSantis, why? And he goes, there's this big controversy about how do you pronounce DeSantis? And I've always pronounced it the same. Now I was questioning, have I been saying it the right time? <laughs> like, you know, I had no idea. But uh, I've always said DeSantis. I guess I've kind of gone with it. So, uh, you know what? I'll check in with my mother-in-law when I get home home and find out that I've been saying it right. 
All right, maybe check in with the husband. I mean, uh, Ron DeSantis, DeSantis, he got very touchy about this uh, for no reason whatsoever. I'm sorry, he's not doesn't have the skills that uh, I think you need to go the distance on the campaign trail. We will see. Uh, we all heard about the fall of Joe Biden yesterday. It kind of eclipsed the uh, other uh, screw-ups at that event. Uh, the numerous mental excursions he went on during his speech. Had to re, you had to re, re, excuse me, you had to rapidly redeploy back to your homes and learn new ways to study and maintain camaraderie during COVID session beyond you, beyond, but all of you, uh, I think you had some fun along the way. Maybe a good use of your epic passes. By the way, I met with uh, who are those guys that fly over shortly. You heard of them, haven't you? Three of them are women. Yeah. Uh, wow. We got a problem here <laughs> big time. Later, I'll show you President Trump at the same graduation a couple of years ago. A world of difference. Um, all right. We covered the fall. Ooh, actually, we haven't covered the fall. Sorry, but he did fall. And um, we're glad he's okay. It reminded me, he blamed. Do you remember after he went down and he got up, you know what he said? It was the sandbag's fault. He pointed. He's pointing at a sandbag and he said, that did it. Got a little angry, I'm told. Well, who remembers the movie Stripes? Stripes. I talked about this last night with, um, who's that? Bill Murray and John Candy. Uh, and the other gentleman, can't remember his name. Anyway, great movie, a lot of fun. Lighten up, Francis. And who remembers uh, this part? I look at a bunch of men. Well, get him inside and carry on, I guess. I'll be in my office if you need me. Inside! Have that removed. It was the object's fault. It was the sandbag's fault. That's it is so uh, John Larroquette in um, in stripes. And hey, how about that Sergeant Hulka? Huh? Everybody needs a big toe. OK. Uh, ooh, and that was the end of Joe's troubles yesterday. He hit his head getting off the helicopter. Watch. Ooh. Marine One, he hit his head on the top of the helicopter one more time. Ooh, he scrapes his head. There was a pool reporter who brought this to everybody's attention. And uh, all right. And then again, when he met the cameras, he said it was the sandbag's fault. And still with the fake running. Stop it. So this is Oakland, California, rapidly descending into chaos. Uh, people do this. It's very dangerous. Donuts in the street. I don't get it. Some guy objected. This is dangerous, obviously, right? So he says, please stop. Watch what happens to him. From time to time, I think someone's going to jump in and break it up, you know, or help the guy. Doesn't go down like that. Next. 
No, instead he gave him a wedgie and kicked his rear end. Um, then there's this. You got knocked the f out. Berating the guy, making fun of him while he's on the ground like that. Uh, finally, I think there is a guy who's tending to him, but he's doing the opposite. Home Depot bucket on the guy's head. This made the news, but you know what it was mostly about? The, uh, the guys doing donuts and that it's a nuisance, which it is, but they barely mentioned this poor individual who was almost killed. Oakland is out of control like so much of America, but the residents there have had enough. Many of them lean left, you know, and there was a community meeting the other day and they let the officials have it. You go demented, right? Those poor people and so many others throughout the country, right here in this city, too. And violence against police officers up 30%. Police shot on duty up 30% since two years ago. We'll be right back. You know, folks, I thank God for my wonderful wife, my kids, my country, the greatest nation ever. And Americans like you who believe in the truth, The Chris Salcedo Show will never stop fighting for you. The Chris Salcedo Show, for the news you need to know. Hey, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. If you suffer from allergies, sinus problems, have mold issues in your home, or you just want to breathe better air, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier can help. It's the best-selling air purifier on the market. It uses proven oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, and more. No more masking odors from trash or cigarette smoke or cat litter boxes with sprays that are full of chemicals. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier sends out O3 molecules, which destroy viruses, bacteria, and odors. And I know because I have two in my home, one in the kitchen for obvious reasons, and one in the bedroom. It has really helped us sleep better. Start enjoying your home again. Get several Eden Pure Thunderstorms right now and save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. Simply go to EdenPureDeals.com and put in discount code GREG to save $200. That's Eden, E-D-E-N, puredeals.com, discount code GREG, and shipping is free. Well, in a normal, healthy country, Joe Biden should be in big, big political trouble. Uh, he is in a way, but also in another way, he's not. The Democrat Party seems totally fine. 
uh, with him. Let's go through some of these numbers, okay? 53% of Americans believe Joe Biden is corrupt, recent Harvard ISIS poll. Uh, next, please. 62% uh, of Americans believe Biden unfit for office. It goes on like this. 58% uh, of Democrats want someone else, and he's falling down all over the place. We are joined now by Senator Rick Santorum, former two-term senator of Pennsylvania and two-time presidential candidate, total political genius, and his fellow political genius, Mark Alperin. Uh, Mark has interviewed basically everybody who's run for president and been president over the past 30 years. Welcome to you both, gentlemen. Senator Santorum, first to you. This seems totally insane, almost like the twilight zone that Joe Biden still retains the support of the Democrat Party. Uh, I think it's remarkable. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, a candidate this week, I understand he's the incumbent, but I also understand that uh, your, your poll numbers show him and his performance in office is abysmal. And I just don't understand how no credible Democrat at this point has, uh, has seen the opportunity before him, a lane before him or her, uh, to uh, to take on Joe Biden. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that the donor class uh, of the Democratic Party has shut everybody out and uh, they control the party and they're they're obviously controlling this election. Take a look at this, Senator and Mark. Uh, Lyndon Johnson, who was an incumbent president, deeply unpopular. And uh, during the Vietnam War, we have a poll back then in 1968. His approval rating was around 36 percent. He could not run for reelection. He was that badly wounded. <laughs> and look at where Joe Biden is, 36 percent. And the same is true for Jimmy Carter. He's actually lower than Jimmy Carter. And both of those cycles, you'll know, uh, there were very viable Tenders who ran against the incumbent uh, president in their own party. Why isn't that happening now, Mark Halpern? Well, I think the donor class, as the senator said, is a big deal. I think the, the politicians are. You look at Gavin Newsom. He's sending out fundraising solicitations for Joe Biden. The Biden campaign has learned the lesson of Bill Clinton, of Barack Obama, of George A.W. Bush. If you're incumbent, the last thing you want is a nomination challenge. And so you exercise all your powers of incumbency over the congressional wing of the party, the gubernatorial wing, the donor class, the interest groups. Where's the strongest run against Joe Biden for, by, by some Democrat? Is it to the left? Is that where he's left room? He hasn't really left much room on the left. The left's pretty happy with him. And the center of the party is so afraid of Donald Trump that they don't want to take the risk of undermining, even though paradoxically, many would say they're taking a huge risk by not giving him a test and by accounting on a guy who would be 86 at the end of his second term to be the one to stop Donald Trump or whoever the Republicans nominate. All right. So uh, Gavin Newsom, Amy Klobuchar, Booker, these are ambitious people. It just seems to me like the the culture It's more than what you just said. The, the culture. I mean, this is insane. I, I can't get my hands around it. Uh, can we put up uh, Klobuchar? We have these individuals. Senator, back to you. I thought the party was weaker than it was 40 years ago. Somehow it's stronger. Well, I don't know if the party is stronger, but certainly the uh, the movement is stronger. I mean, I'm not, I don't think this is the Democratic Party per se. I think it is, uh, it is the elites of the party, the donor class of the party who, uh, who fund Democratic candidates uh, they're the ones who are locking this down. And I, you know, I, I give credit to President Biden and his team. He is using the power of his office. But I, I, I ran for president against the, quote, establishment. Uh, I wasn't afraid uh, because I had nothing to lose. There are lots of candidates out there with very little to lose running against Joe Biden. Yeah. 
And the fact that they don't do it is 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 frankly shocking to me. I, I that the Democrats would put all their eggs in the basket of a of a decrepit old man uh, who might not make it to the finish line is is really. Uh, Stunning, you know, and also it's uh, this. I've heard more about donors this cycle than ever before. I know they're always important, but the donors, the donors, like they run the country, and I guess they do. Uh, I'd like to shift now to Ron DeSantis. This moment in uh, wherever he was, Iowa, New Hampshire, doesn't seem like he handled it well. The thing about his name, long last names, uh, European name, Steinhauser. There's been some. Confusion over your last name and the pronunciation. And I'm just wondering, to correct the record, what is it? Oh, that's ridiculous, these stupid things. Listen, the way to pronounce my last name, winner. I, here's the thing. I'm sorry, but it's not a ridiculous question. It's not a stupid question. He's pronouncing it different ways from his wife. Uh, why is he making this such a big thing? And why is he being, quite frankly, I mean, is he always like this? You've, uh, you've encountered him, Mark Halpern. I mean, what's the deal here? That looks like a big, that's a problem. People want their president to be normal. Donald Trump was a big exception, but he was normalized because he was on TV in people's living room for so long. They felt like they knew him. People don't know Ron DeSantis. Some people in Florida do, but even there, it's a lot of question marks about his family, his past, his emotional core. What is he about? And so little things like changing his pronunciation of his name within the same election cycle it's just weird. And the Trump people have really seized on this. They know reporters are fascinated by it. Anything the Trump campaign pushes that reporters are fascinated by pisses off Ron DeSantis. But on something like this, I'm still curious. I still don't know how he wants us to pronounce his name. And I think, it, think it'd be good if he told us. Uh, it would be good. And uh, it's so easy to, uh, to handle here. All right. Um, Senator, uh, tell me what, uh, well, are we being silly again, the media class focusing on something like this? I know there are more important issues. I also know the political press, they love this stuff. It's silly, but it's real. Are you frustrated or do you feel where we're coming from here? No, I, I, it's a legit question. I, I, I don't know why he did it. it, it why? why? Why would you make a point of, of, changing, of changing the pronunciation? of your, Again, it's a distraction. Uh, you want to be you want to you want to be on offense, and particularly if you're if you're trailing in a race. You've got to be leaning forward and making the conversation all about the problems with the person you're running against, not about the pronunciation of your name. Who cares whether people pronounce it DeSantis or DeSantis or uh, I can tell you, uh, you know, my name was pronounced many, many different ways uh, throughout the course of the campaign. And I didn't really care because they were talking about me and they could pronounce it any way they felt comfortable with. But you but you always pronounce it the same way, Senator. I think that's the <laughs> that's key. True. That's true. Hey, do me a favor. Let's bring up Kamala Harris, if you don't mind. We, you know, she's always goofy. Kamala. She's always strange. Kamala, Kamala. Kamala. I like to say. <laughs> she always uh, says it, Kamala. That's her name. Kamala. K what, what? All right. Kamala, like a comma. That's like correct. Com I'm sorry. I was, just, I was just, I was making fun. I apologize. I'm just going to call her Harris. How's that? All right. I'm not a fan, and I know how to say Harris. Um, what is the issue? Uh, why is she being re-ratified? I mean, they don't like her. I've heard that uh, the Biden people don't like her. Yet she's front and center. Other administrations have thought about getting rid of their, uh, you know, vice president. Quayle was uh, on the chopping block for a while. Uh, let's see who else. Um, there's one or two others, I'm sure. Uh, why not her? What, why is she so bulletproof, Mark? Three reasons. One is Joe Biden was treated pretty shabbily when he was vice president. And so he has just kind of as a point of personal privilege, he's not going to treat his vice president shabby. Two, 
the Democratic Party constituent groups would freak out if the first female, first non-white vice president was uh, booted off the ticket. And finally, she doesn't want to go. She, she would not make this easy. If somehow Joe Biden decided he wanted to dump her, she would not make it easy. Well, all right. So those people would be upset. But I think the American uh, America would be seriously at risk as much as it is now. Our national security, Senator Santorum, if she becomes president, which seems quite likely if this unfolds the way it might unfold. Uh, how do you feel about everything? I, I generally believe that vice presidents don't matter. They certainly don't matter on election night. Uh, nobody votes for uh, for, the, for a president based on who the vice president is. I just think this is an exception to the rule. You have you have a man of Joe Biden's age, and obviously his the problems that that are very clear to the American public. Who the vice president is, I think will be a it's not a big issue now. I don't think people are paying much attention to it now. But by November of next year, I think it will be a very very important issue as Joe Biden continues to deteriorate, and it, it, it's obvious that the next president is not just if if he wins will not just be him. And she is an incredibly unpopular and very, very weak candidate. Hey, one other thing real that's quick. Why, Sorry, go ahead. Just real quick. That's why, Greg, they can't give up trying to re rehab her image because she's not going anywhere and they can't sit, pat, stand pat, even though efforts so far have not succeeded. Uh, Joe takes that terrible fall. It reminds everybody that she could become president sooner rather than later. Uh, the way it was handled by the networks. And here's where I'm getting the sense that, like, the institutions, everything, uh, media, culture, government are protecting Joe Biden. They reported the story last night, um, barely. And none of the major networks alluded to or mentioned that he's fallen like a half dozen other times. And that shows me that they are totally in the tank for Joe Biden. And they were spinning for him, saying this is no big deal. Sorry, five seconds each on that. That really bothered me, by the way. Republicans uh, would never be able to get away with a candle like this because they, the media would, would destroy them. The Democrats know that that will not happen. They will protect Joe Biden. And, Mark, what does it say about the media that they would treat this so lightly? That liberal bias plus Trump derangement syndrome makes it very difficult for a Republican to have anything like a level playing field. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much. Great to see you. Senator Santorum, Good Mark to Halperin, you, to be continued. Thank you. We'll be right back. D-Day, Omaha Beach. Uh, the anniversary is coming up, June 6th, right? 1944, almost 80, 79 years ago. Well, uh, that was Memorial Day on Monday. Seems so long ago. Uh, I went to a very special Memorial Day event down in Florida, uh, Palm Beach, actually. And I was with my family and my daughter. I, I showed everybody her waving the flag and... It was a beautiful event. This is basically after it was over. There she is waving the flag. But I just, I was so moved by uh, the entire ceremony. And one of the speakers said that the country is so divided right now that it might just take a, a greatest generation to, to save it. And it might take it's sacrifice. You don't hear many people talking about sacrifice these days. And it will take sacrifice to stop this. All right? You know? The enemy right now is all around us. And look, I'm not saying you know, literal war, but to save this country, we have to get active. We have to 
Whatever it is you can do, do it. Whether it's writing a letter or writing songs like those amazing rap guys who wrote that song about Target. Um, a beautiful quote from Edmund Burke uh, was shown to me today. Nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could do only a little. Does that make sense? I love it. Everybody has something to contribute. Maybe you have a lot to contribute, maybe not so much, but contribute, get involved, get active. We have to, to save this country and to save my daughter. I'll be right back. Hey, thank you very, very much. I uh, hope you had a good week and a great weekend, and I'll be back on Monday. All the best.